Okay, for the, uh, the past couple of weeks, we have been uh, looking at things that Scripture says we are. And Brother Armando reminded us of what they were just a few minutes ago, I guess not even knowing. The Lord told His disciples, you are the light of the world. We looked at that a couple of weeks ago, and then He told, uh, last week we looked at how He said, we are the salt of the earth. And we looked at characteristics that apply to, to Christians as being the light of the world or the salt of the earth. We could ask ourselves this week, how salty were we last week as far as the world is concerned? Or how light were we for the last couple of weeks? I won't ask that question because we might embarrass ourselves if we started telling just how, how little salt maybe there is in our lives sometimes or how, how little light there is. I hope you were lighter than me in the last couple of weeks or saltier even than me that last week. But today, instead of look, talking about something that Scripture instructs us to be, uh, and so, let me rephrase, instead of looking at something that Scripture says we are, we're going to look at something Scripture says we ought to be. And that's thankful. And I think that's only fitting because uh, this is the, the Sunday prior to Thanksgiving. In Colossians 3.15, you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read this verse. It says, we're, we read, And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also you're called in one body, and be ye thankful. Scripture tells us we need to be thankful people. And there are dozens of passages that exhort us as God's people to be thankful. Over and over in Scripture we're told you should be thankful. And we should, shouldn't we? We've got more to be thankful for than anyone else in the world. And yet sometimes we find ourselves not. We, find, we can find ourselves easily grumbling, can't we? About how things aren't as good as they ought to be. And that sort of thing. We can always look for things that are wrong. And yet, as Christians, we have much to be thankful for. We have much to, to praise the Lord for. Interestingly, in the, all these dozens of passages exhort us to be thankful I'm not aware of a single passage in Scripture where the Lord says to His people, ye are thankful. He tells us, you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. But He never says you're thankful. And that's kind of sad, isn't it? That uh, that would be the case. Just that we should be thankful. That's something to stop and think about. I think it, it implies to us that it's a lifelong aspiration that we should have as Christians. Be more thankful. Remember today, be thankful. Remember tomorrow, be thankful for the blessings that the Lord has given to us. So today, if I'm going to direct your attention. If you've got your Bibles, turn to pay to Psalm 136. And we're going to see what uh, this psalm has to say to us about uh, being thankful. Psalm 136. And I hope these words can uh, be encouraging to us this week as we enter into the Thanksgiving season or continue in this season. I'm going to read the entire uh, psalm. This is a psalm that has one phrase that is repeated in every verse. All 26 verses, the same phrase is repeated. But it's a very important phrase, so let's not get too, too upset that we, that we see that same phrase over and over. Starting in verse 1. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks unto the God of gods, for His mercy endureth forever. O oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him who alone doeth great wonders, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that by wisdom made the heavens, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters, for His mercy endureth forever. To Him that made great lights, for His mercy endureth forever. The sun to rule by day, for His mercy endureth forever. 
the moon and stars to rule by night, for his mercy endureth forever. To him that smote Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endureth forever. And brought out Israel from among them, for his mercy endureth forever. With a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which divided the Red Sea into parts, for his mercy endureth forever. And made Israel to pass through the midst of it, for his mercy endureth forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which led his people through the wilderness, for his mercy endureth forever. To him which smote great kings, for his mercy endureth forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endureth forever. Sihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endureth forever. And Og, the king of Bashan, for his mercy endureth forever. And gave their land for an heritage, for his mercy endureth forever. Even an heritage unto Israel his servant, for his mercy endureth forever. Who remembered us in our low estate, for his mercy endureth forever. And hath redeemed us from our enemies, for his mercy endureth forever. Who giveth food to all flesh, for his mercy endureth forever. Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for his mercy endureth forever. Let's go to the Lord in prayer once more. Father, thank you again for allowing us to be here. We thank you for this passage of Scripture. We thank you for the reminder that we should be thankful people because it's often uh, too easy for us to to let our, our eyes be taken away from you and away from the blessings you've bestowed upon us and to look at all the things around us that are wrong. We can become a grumbling people. We can, as the Israelites of old, become uh, murmuring people. And that's not what we want. We want to be a, a group of individuals who praise the God of our salvation, who thank the God of our provision, the one who has made provision for all of our needs. And Father, this morning I pray as we look at this psalm that you would speak to our hearts from it. It's your word. And we pray that, Lord, you would speak to us, your people, from this word. We commit this time to you, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing we see in verse 1 of Psalm 136, it sets the tone for what we ought to do as God's people, doesn't it? Verse 1, O give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good, for His mercy endureth forever. It's a simple exhortation. Give thanks to the Lord. Who? To the Lord Jehovah, the self-existent one, the God who needs no one but who recognizes that we need a lot, and he provides the things that we need. He says, oh, give thanks to him, the only true God. That's who we should give to give thanks for. Now, that word thanks, it has the idea of of just recognizing that one true God, of revering that one true God, worshiping him, and of giving thanks to him, recognizing that he's the source of everything we have, everything that we could ever need. He is that source of it. And again, He is, uh, we're told then, to give thanks unto the Lord. Why? Two reasons the psalmist gives us here in this this verse. First, for He is good. Our God is good, isn't He? Our God is perfect. He is perfect in power. He has the authority, He has the power to provide every need we ever have. He's perfect in His wisdom because He knows everything that we're ever going to need and He knows it long before we do. And he is able to make provision for it. And because he is a God who has said, I will meet your needs, then we know that long before a need ever arises, he's already obligated himself to meet the need for us and to see us through it. Isn't that good to know? Isn't that something to be be thankful for? 
And so the psalmist says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for He is good. He always acts in ways for us that are true, ways that are noble, ways that are right. Our God is righteous, isn't He? Goodness, the goodness of our God required judgment on our sin, though, didn't it? Because He is good, He is righteous, He could not tolerate sin. He will not tolerate sin. So He demanded a payment for it. But He provided the sacrifice to make that payment, too, because He knew that we couldn't. In His wisdom, He knew there was no way that you or I could ever pay the price of our sin. And so He made provision for that in the, in the person of His only begotten Son who was willing to come and to live a sinless life for us and to die a sacrifice for us. That's God's goodness. And then the second reason why we're exhorted to uh, give thanks to Him is because His mercy endureth forever. Have you heard that phrase lately? Some 26, 27 times already, haven't we? It's a good phrase. In God's mercy, He shows pity to us. Who need it. He shows loving kindness to those of us who need it. He shows compassion. And He shows those things even to people who don't deserve it. Because let's think about it. Did any one of us ever deserve God's compassion or God's pity or God's kindness? Not a one of us did, did we? Scripture is very clear and Scripture is, is, is very honest and very brutal in the truth that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And that includes me and it includes everyone in this room, doesn't it? It's also just as brutal when it says that the, the condemnation or the, the wages of that sin is death. Physical death, spiritual death, separation from God. Those are hard words to hear, aren't they? And yet that's the truth of God. And yet in His compassion, in His mercy that endures forever, He showed us that loving kindness and that pity. His mercy withholds from us a just condemnation that every one of us deserved. It's not that He, he overlooked it. The condemnation is still there. Somebody had to pay the price for it, but He provided someone to pay that price for us because He knew that we couldn't do it. Jesus Christ died for our sins. If God never did another thing for us, we should be thankful every day of our lives just for that knowledge, shouldn't we? That He saved us. But we have so much more to be thankful for. Um, I'm guessing not, not any of us started this day without something to eat this morning, or at least the ability to eat. We may not have felt like it. We may not have taken advantage of it, but we had the opportunity. It's kind of cool when we left uh, Reedsville this morning, but I, I'm fairly warm because the Lord provided me clothing. We had a, a, a roof over our ha heads overnight. Well, all the blessings that God could give us that, would, that we could even imagine, He's put at our disposal, hasn't He? So if He never did another thing for us, we, would, we should thank Him. And we should thank Him as the psalmist said, because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever. Verses 2 and 3 go beyond just telling us what we ought to do and they describe the one who is worthy of our thanks. Verse 2 says, Oh, give thanks unto the God of gods. Verse 3 says, Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. He is the God of gods. He is the Lord of lords. He is the one who deserves our worship. And the Apostle John reiterated those, those ideas in the book of Revelation. You don't have to turn here. Revelation 17, 14 says, He is the Lord of lords, the King of kings. They that are with Him are called. They are chosen. They are faithful. The one we serve, He's the Lord of lords. He's the King of kings. And in Revelation 19 and verse 16, 
The Apostle John said, And he hath on his vesture, he's talking about Christ here, he hath on his vesture and on his thigh a name written, King of kings and Lord of lords. That is the one that we worship. That is the one that we thank for all of the, the things that he's given. So the psalmist here, he, he's painting a picture of that one true God who deserves our thanks. The God of gods, the Lord of lords. Why include those two verses? Well, if you think back, the society, uh, different cultures, they's, they've given us all kinds of things to worship, haven't they? They've given us all kinds of false gods. Many have called themselves Lord over the years, haven't they? But only one has proven himself to be the God of God and the Lord's, Lord of Lords. And that is the God that we serve, the God of heaven and earth, Jehovah God, the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the one that we serve, isn't He? And He is the one that we are to worship. So question, why thank God in this season or any other? Because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever. It's a simple question, a simple answer, isn't it? Verses 4 through 9, they give reasons why all of creation should thank Him. Now I'm going to read through these verses, but I'm going to leave off that repetitive phrase this time so it flows a little easier. Looking down through from verses 4 through verse 9, we read this, To Him who alone, who is it that we're thanking? To Him who alone doeth great wonders. To Him that by wisdom made the heavens. To Him that stretched out the earth above the waters. To Him that made great lights, the sun to rule by day, the moon and stars to rule by night. That's the God that we give thanks to, the God of all creation. Uh, the psalmist, he's giving us a picture of God in creation. He talks about God created the heavens. God created the earth. He created the lights, the sun, the moon. There, there are far more lights than that in heaven too, aren't there? There are the other planets the other that we see light reflected off of. There are other stars. There are asteroids. There are comets. All of those things he could have mentioned. He could have mentioned all of the things that were created within the earth too, couldn't he? The trees, the flowers, the, the seas, the, the, the running brooks that turn into rivers uh, that lead into the oceans. All of the, the different animals that have been created and the beauty and the, 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 the diverse amount of life that he created. He could have mentioned each of us. He stopped short of going through all of that because I don't believe he intended to give us a full history of what God created, just enough to remind us. And isn't that enough to say he created the heavens and the earth? That's a mighty lot, isn't it? And all that therein is, that's the God that we serve. That is the God we thank. Because amongst all of the things that he created, he created the things that sustain our life, the food we eat, the water we drink, the air that we breathe, all that, that we have here. God created all of us, all of those. And so the psalmist is giving us a picture of God in creation. And why share all those things? So that we don't forget who it is that we serve. All of creation owes its existence to this one true God. All of creation owes its sustenance to that one God. Doesn't it? Because not only did He create it, He sustains it by His power. And the Word of God in the New Testament tells us that the Lord Jesus Christ is the one who sustains everything around us, ourselves included. And so what I'm going to ask the question again. Why thank God? Because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever.
those mercies are, are fresh every day, aren't they? When we look at starting in verse 10 and looking through uh, verses uh, 22, these verses remind the nation of Israel. Now we remember that the Psalms were the, the hymn book, the song book of the ancient Israelites. And so these verses are specifically reminding Israel why they should thank God. And again, I'm going to read through these verses without that repetitive phrase so you get the, uh, more of the history of the flow of it a little better. They're going to give thanks to the God, the God of gods, the King of kings, to Him that smote Egypt in their firstborn in verse 10. Verse 11, and brought out Israel from among them. Then with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm, to Him which divided the Red Sea into parts and made Israel to pass through the midst of it. On dry ground, I might remind you. Verse 15, But overthrew Pharaoh and his host in the Red Sea, to him which led his people through the wilderness, to him which smote great kings and slew famous kings, Sihon, king of the Amorites, and Og, the king of Bashan, and gave their land for an heritage, even an heritage unto Israel his servant. He's giving a brief history of how he brought the, the nation of Israel these who had been servants to the Pharaoh or multiple Pharaohs in Egypt and, and had served them thanklessly for centuries. He brought them out. And he says he smote Egypt in the firstborn uh, because of the obstinance of Pharaoh. He demonstrated, not only with that, but with all the plagues that he sent, he demonstrated that he was the one true God. He brought them out with a strong hand and with a stretched out arm. You ever experienced that strong hand of God? When things seem they're going to the, the worst they could possibly be and suddenly God stretches that arm out and with that strong hand He makes provision for a need that we, we didn't see coming. It caught us completely off guard but He had been preparing for that for generations because He knew what was going to happen. We see that happen. They saw that happen. They saw the Red Sea parted and dry ground for them to walk, uh, to walk across. And they saw the waters come back over Pharaoh and his soldiers. They saw that. They experienced that. He's reminding them why they should thank Him. They, the Lord led them into a land that they didn't purchase. It wasn't their land. He took it from someone else and He said, this is your land now. And He defeated the kings of those lands. Kings who had worshipped false gods generation after generation after generation. They refused to serve the one true God. God took their land. He gave it to the Israelites. He's reminding Israel what God had done for them. What had He done for them? He chose them as His people. He didn't choose them because of their goodness. He didn't choose them because of their beauty, their talents, nothing else. He chose them simply because He decided to love that group of people. And He said, I'm going to choose you as my people. And I'm going to give you special blessings that people have never seen before. Why it is the psalmist reminding them? Because God delivered them. Again, not because they deserve to be delivered any more than anyone else, but simply again because He loved them and chose to do that. Why did God deliver any one of us from sin? It wasn't because I was good enough to be saved. I can tell you that. It wasn't because I was the most talented person around either because I can tell you I'm not. You've known me long enough to know now that Clint's not the most talented person around. I'm not the best looking person around. I don't sing better than any other people. None of that. He simply chose to love us, didn't He? Isn't that great? 
And so the psalmist is reminding Israel here, this is why you should thank Him. The question still rings out. Why thank God? For He is good and His mercy endureth forever. Verses 23 through 25, as we look further into the psalm, they bring this idea of thanksgiving more personal to us, all of us. Look at these verses again without the repetitive phrase. We worship the God of gods, the King of kings. Verse 23, who remembered, excuse me, remembered us in our low estate and hath redeemed us from our enemies who giveth food to all flesh. The psalmist here is reminding all of God's people of His deliverance in our time of need. I don't want you to miss the, the parallel here. We're not talking... Let, let's move out of the, the realm of the physical here. Let's move into the realm of the spiritual and let's not miss the uh, parallel to the Gospel in these three verses. God remembered, says, our low estate. That term low estate it has this idea of being a depressed state. Pressed down in that, in that sense a sunken estate, or a humiliated estate. That's where we were when God found us, wasn't it? We were sunken. We were, we were pressed down. We were humiliated. We were lost in sin without any hope of saving ourselves. There was nothing we could do that was good enough to earn the favor of a holy God. And He looked down on that low estate of us, and He said, I can do something about that. And I want to do something about that. That's what he said, isn't it? When no one else could help, where we were, our God took notice of us. That one true God, he took notice of us and he provided what? A deliverer for us. Someone who would come and would bring us out of that low estate. That's the God that we thank, isn't it? That's the God that we praise. So we see there in verse 23, he remembered us when we were in that low estate. In verse 23, he redeemed us from our enemies. That is, he delivered us from our enemies. I mentioned this earlier. What's the worst enemy we had? Sin. And it's it's side by it's sidekick, so to speak, the wages of sin. That was death. That is what the, those are the enemies that God delivered us from, isn't it? Praise his name. Do we have something to be thankful for? Absolutely we do. Because he looked at, at us when we were in that low estate and he he redeemed us from our deliveries. Our he delivered us from our enemies. I'm really tongue-tied this morning. I apologize for that. Jesus Christ came to pay our sin debt and to redeem us from that awful, that awful penalty that we owed. No one else could do that. And we can't deliver ourselves. And then we see in verse 25, it says this, who giveth food to all flesh. Let's, let's spiritualize that. What is food? That's the most basic need we have, isn't it? Sure, we need heat. We, we don't want to be freezing all the time, and we need water and that sort of thing. But food is the basic need that we have, isn't it? God has provided our basic needs, and He has provided all of our needs along with them. Romans 8.32 reads like this, He that spared not His own Son, but delivered Him up for us all, how shall He not with Him also freely give us all things? If He was willing to give His only begotten Son to pay the price of our sins. Wouldn't He be willing to give us all the other things we need as well? All these other blessings that we talked about, uh, uh, food, clothing, shelter, family, friends, um, for some jobs to go to, to make a living, uh, the money that we need to, to pay all the debts, a church family to come to, 
All of these things, if, if He's willing to give His Son to die for us, He's going to be willing to give us all these other things as well, isn't He? Never forget, though, that all of those blessings that God has given us, all those things He's bestowed upon us, we don't deserve a single one of them, do we? Not a single one. He simply chose to bestow those things to us. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 15 says, Thanks be unto God for His unspeakable gift. Why unspeakable? Because words will fail us every time we try to explain that unspeakable gift. And we, we, can't, we can't describe it in, in terms that are beautiful enough, can we? That a holy God, the only God, the all-powerful God, the creator of heaven and earth and everything in them, would look down on any one of us and say, I'm going to bestow favor on you. I'm going to save you. If you'll put your faith in my son, you can be saved. You can be born into my family. You can be an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ throughout all eternity. Not a one of us deserved that, did we? So I'm going to ask you the question again. Why thank Him? Because He is good and because His mercy endureth forever. The psalmist had that right, didn't he? And then verse 26, it brings us pretty much back to the starting point. The psalmist says, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endureth forever. Which God is that? The God of heaven. The God who resides in and rules from heaven. The God who is still seated on His throne. The God who can never be unseated from that throne. That's the God that we worship, isn't it? That's the God that we bring our thanks. And no one else deserves the thanks that we bring to our God, do they? No one else. There is no other God beside Him. And so we're reminded by the psalmist, Oh, give thanks unto the God of heaven, for His mercy endureth forever. Now, remember, I'll bring you back to where we started. Scripture never says we are thankful people. It just says we ought to be. When, and shouldn't we? When we think of, of everything that the psalmist shared with us here in these 26 verses, thanks to God ought to flow from us as naturally as anything else. And thanks to God should flow from us continually, shouldn't it? It should be natural, it should be continual. And it shouldn't be based on only the things that we receive from Him. Yeah, we receive all of these good gifts. But shouldn't we be thankful, grateful just to know the God of all creation, the God of all glory, just to know that He's our Father in heaven, to know that He saved us, to know that He loves us, to know that He shows compassion to us, to know that He is good and that His mercy endureth forever. We should give thanks for that, shouldn't we? It ought to be natural. It ought to be continual. But as Christians, our thanksgiving ought to be contagious. It ought to be the most contagious thing about us. Uh, we should make other people around us want to be thankful just by listening to us. When we, when we share with them all that God has done for us, shouldn't they want to be thankful too? It ought to be passed down to our children and our children's children. Every generation should be reminded. And in America, we've done a fairly good job of that. We have a holiday dedicated to Thanksgiving. And we've reminded ourselves from year to year of all the blessings that we do have to be thankful for in this country. But we should make sure we continue to do that. Churches ought to echo with the sound of Thanksgiving, shouldn't they? We, there are certain songs that we sing for Thanksgiving. But think of all the hymns that we sing that still, then we may not think of them as Thanksgiving songs, but they touch on thanking the Lord, don't they? And praising Him and 
worshiping Him, and they should continue to do that. Our churches ought to echo with it. And we ought to make people who do not know Jesus Christ want to know Him desperately because they see us thanking Him for all the blessings that He's given us. And we should make it known to them very clearly. They can have those same blessings. They can have the blessing of salvation as well, can't they? If they'll put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. So I hope this has been helpful for you this morning. Uh, Just again, just a, a reminder. We thank our God because He is good and because His mercy endures forever. Okay.